because when I spoke to Ruan like maybe two weeks ago, as he was just sharing about the congregation, two words came into my spirit, and it was about timing and positioning. And that's, what I'm, that's, that's the message of my title, timing and positioning. Your time <laughs> is right now, and you're positioned in a house that, that is going to build you up, you know, but it's all about our timing and positioning. And like I said, um, like we said earlier, just a bit of background. So um, I'm here with my wife, Michelle. We have three sons, two grandchildren. I'm an elder and being pulled up as a lead elder now um, as, as part of like um, the art churches in East London. In, and we're also part of like the 412 partner, partnering churches. And what, what, I've, what I've really been encouraged by in attending like the 412 conferences and like the equip days is just how nations can come together and be in unity. It doesn't matter about your color. Um, it doesn't matter about your background or like your education. There's just, there's just one person that we're coming to see and that is meet with Jesus and I've just been so encouraged, like just with the leadership of like Andrew and the team. And I was speaking to Phil and on the admin side of things and like the professionalism in Josh Jen and 412 is just, I mean, it's literally like a, a high level. Um, and you guys, I don't think you realize it, but you guys are moving in, in, in the spirit in such an awesome way. Just the way I, I notice little things. And as we walked through the door, there was people that greeted us. And in some churches, that doesn't happen, you know. And you've got to be really, I suppose, like, um, not glorying in yourself, but just glorying in how God is moving with you as a church in the spirit. But like I said, I'm going to be speaking about timing and positioning. And I want to cover today a verse of scripture that um, Ron shared with me um, that you've been, you, you've kind of been looking, it's like a scripture that you've been looking at over this year and it's from Genesis 26 verse 22. So this is the bit where I need my glasses. Yeah, so it says, and he moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it so he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And this is speaking of Isaac when he was, when he was at Gerah. And just considering, I just want us to consider the context before I get into the message. So a summary of chapter um, 25 is that, this verse of scripture follows the death of Abraham, and now Isaac has basically taken on the inheritance from his father. And Isaac moves to a place called Bira Lahiroi, I think it is, Bira, Bira Lahiroi, which means the well of him that liveth and seeth. And it was also a place where Hagar met the Lord in Genesis 16. So Isaac dwells beside this well. He marries Rebekah. 
And he has two sons, Esau and Jacob. So as we enter into chapter 26, the first thing that I notice in chapter 26 is that Isaac is obedient to the voice of God. He follows in the steps of his father, but while he's in this place, there's trouble. You know, Abraham, his father, previously dug up wells. But the Philistines that, the Philistines that was in that place, because Isaac came back, and like you, you, you know, like you, you move into a place, but sometimes it's not always going to be plain sailing when you, when you enter into a place. And trouble started. There was the Philistines. They started to fill back the, the wells that Abraham had, had, um, had opened up. But you see, what, what, what I'm reminded of is that when trouble starts, we know that we serve a God that, that if you're in his hands and, you're, and that he's ordering your steps, you don't need to worry. You know, Psalms 37 verse 23 says that the steps of a man or a godly man in some verses are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. And verse 24 says that Though he fall, because sometimes there's going to be occasions, even though we're walking with God, that we might fall. But when our hands are connected to the master, it says that he shall not cast, off, cast us headlong, for the Lord upholds us by his hand. So just looking at the, our key verse, it says that Isaac moved from there and dug another well. So he moves from where there was quarreling and he moves to a place and he says that for, the, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful. But here's the thing that got my heart is that Abraham, Isaac reestablishes the wells of his father. And what this, what this means to me is that when, when we see like the Old Testament, it's a shadow of the New Testament. And wells represent, and flowing waters represent the Spirit of God. And I believe that as you've moved, only a couple of years I believe, over into Paul, is that the Spirit of God and the wells and the, this fruitful place that you're in, there's going to be an overflowing of the Spirit in people's lives. People are going to start coming, you know, to receive what you have. And what you're demonstrating through his spirit. So there's a flow or a fountain of water that's being released. And what's significant that the flow of this water is the spirit of God. And that's, and that's the kind of parallel that I'm looking at in Isaac's life. New wells are being brought forward. But what I'm encouraged that. Isaac doesn't stay in that place. He doesn't just stay, say, well, I've moved into a fruitful place, so I'm just going to keep that place to myself. He moves on. So just, can, can you tell your neighbor, can you just touch your neighbor? I, I, I know we've gone through COVID, but just touch your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say, timing and positioning. Timing and positioning.
Thank you very much. One, two. Good, good. Timing and positioning. So the word position means a place where someone or something is located or has been put. The other meaning is a particular way in which someone or something is placed or arranged. So back in London, you might believe it or you might not, but I'm a qualified football coach. I used to be a lot fitter than I am now. I do a lot of the telling where the children need to go than rather than running and all of that. I say, right, you need to move here and different things. But timing and positioning in football is key. In order to, like, if the, if, if the goalkeeper's got the ball, in order for the other team or my team to score a winning goal, the whole team needs to work in unison. So I've got a helper here, because I know you guys love rugby, yeah? You love rugby? You love the springbok? Did, did I say that right? <laughs> okay. So I've got a helper. Sorry, remind me of your name. Mateo. Mateo's going to help me. So, imagine... I've gone, through this big, I've gone through this big man here, and me and Mateo are going. I, I love that. So what, what we just saw here, as I was moving, Mateo was moving as well. But Mateo, stand, stand still for me. So I didn't even need to tell him, okay? But if, if I'm moving through, I need my teammates with me, yeah? And it's important. I can't, I know like in rugby, you have people on your left and your right. Okay, but imagine that we're going down the left wing and Mateo, your dad's going to tackle me, but he's the last man. Okay, but, so in order for you to go and um, score or make a try, what are you going to do? So we're going to start here. What are you going to do? You're going to follow or stay still? You're going to follow. So you're, I'm going towards your dad, but before I get to him, I'm going to pass it off to you. I would do it with two hands and spin the ball, but I've got the mic as well, but... And he would go and score the try. But his timing is important to my run. Do you understand? Thank you, Mateo. Great teammate. And, that, and that's what God is looking for. God is looking for our timing and positioning to be on point. And when we join like a local assembly or we join a church... We have to make sure that we're in position with the elders. As the, like I was saying, that um, Isaac dug, um, dug up the wells. And in our context, the Holy Spirit is flowing through power. But we have to get in line with that position or with the flow of the, of the Spirit of God. And how we get in position is by being aligned with the elders, being aligned with the leadership of the house. Amen? Yeah, thank you, Lord. So in, in context of that rugby demonstration, it, it, it all works by being in one team and that team being in unity. Everybody can read. So I didn't even need to tell Mateo, follow me. He, he it looks like he understands rugby. He just moved as I was moving. And I was able to release the ball before I got a hard tackle from your dad. <laughs> he wanted to take me out. But, <laughs> uh, but 
I'm reminded of an example when, like, when I was growing up in school, like secondary school, I wasn't the brightest. brightest. Um, I really struggled with my education, but it, I, I, loved, I loved playing football. I loved like, just being around like, my teammates, and, but I struggled with the, the educational side of school. And literally, I was right up to my third year, I was failing all of my subjects. But it took one teacher, one teacher that saw something within me. And I believe that it was timing and his positioning. I believe that God put him in that place. I'm going to say just for me. <laughs> just for me. Because what he did, um, there was, like, as I got to the, four, like, the third year, they put on like a, how do you say? So it was, it was more practical like life skills and, and different courses that we could do in order that we could literally leave school with a grade. And so I was doing um, canoeing, I was doing rock climbing, but everything was centered around like teams and how you could lead as a, like, like and try, they were trying to basically pull out leaders and see how you work as a team. So English, I failed. Maths, I failed. And that, that was me, like, kind of not grasping how the teachers were teaching. Um, I was very just boisterous in class. When I, when I didn't understand something, I'd start making noise. I'd start just being disruptive because I didn't feel like the teachers were really, I suppose, getting me. But it's like I should have really been paying attention, you know. But I was a little bit naughty. Um, but... This one teacher, I've, I really got to say that when I look back over my life, he really drew out, drew out leadership within me. And, and here I stand only to the glory of God because God has really, like he's seen a gift within me. So um, Pastor Peter literally has seen things in me, like just the way I serve. But that was all from like my school training and like how my mum brought me up as well. But it's like, if I see something, I'm not going to go past. Even if I'm here, I see a tissue on the floor. I'm going to pick it up and put it in the bin. It's like, it's, it's my house as well. So I want to serve in the house. But that example of the, that teacher, um, yeah, like I literally ended up leaving school um, being the captain of the football team. And it's like, literally, we were all boys school. And like we had like three or four, no, yeah, maybe uh, it was four teams that we had per year in, in like for football. We played rugby as well. We did judo. We did boxing. But literally, like in all those sports, I was a captain and I was thinking, well, when I first started that school, I was in the like the four tier, like the like the four, like um, fourth tier of the teams. So I wasn't, re I wasn't re very good, but I applied myself and... When I, once I got to that third year, I got into the fourth year, and because he was pulling me up and really like saying, Jason, look, you can achieve. My grades started to turn around like in English and maths. I, I really felt that self-belief within myself that, look, I can, I can actually achieve. And I, I really started to switch on in, in terms of my education. I left school, not with good grades, but better than... I started up that I was starting off with and and in the course of the practical side of thing I left with a very really high grade and I can only say that it's to 
the timing and positioning of this teacher. So you might be wondering, well, what's the point of me coming here and talking about timing and positioning and talking about rugby, talking about my school education? But there's, there's a thing that when, you, when you've been placed into assembly, don't look at yourself as, well, I'm not really doing anything in God's house. God's placed you here for a reason. He's placed you here that even if it's outside, your ministry might not be inside the house, but it might be outside where you're, you're actually touching lives of people on the road, touching lives where you might work, touching lives. But it's all about how our heart posture is to the work of God. But I want to just turn, before I kind of close off, looking at Isaac, I want, to, I want us to turn to just looking at the timing and positioning of a different character in the Bible. And that's in 1 Samuel 13. And this is looking at King Saul. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> Rudolph, you're good, man. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, media teams, it's like you're waiting for the scripture to go up, but you're on point, my brother. <laughs> yeah, timing and positioning. Oh, God is so good. So verse, sorry, chapter 13. One, two, one, two, one, two. Can you hear me okay? Good, good. So verse 8 says, He waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel, but Samuel didn't come to Gilgal. The people were scattering from him. So Saul said, Bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. As soon as he had as soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? So if we, if we, if we know the story, anytime, sorry, when I look up, you, you look all blurry, so I've got to take them off. <laughs> really sorry. My head goes a bit dizzy as well. <laughs> uh, but the story of King Saul Anytime an offering had to be made, it, was, it would either be the priest or the prophet that would be making it. So um, Saul's timing and positioning was totally off-key, totally out of place. He moved out of his position. Even though he was the king, he should not have been offering those sacrifices. But as we read on, it says, And, and Saul, verse 11, And Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines had mustered in Michmash, I said, now the, Philistines, now the Philistines will come against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and, and offered the burnt offering. 
That's so key. Like, we have to take example from the Old Testament. We cannot force ourselves on God. We have to make sure we, we've got a thing or a term that we say, stay in your lane. Yeah? Stay in your lane because there's going to be leaders. God has set up authority in his house and he's set up order. And we have to stay in our lane. Sometimes God might give you a word, but you have to be able to submit that to the elders, submit that to those that have authority in his house so it can be weighed up. Because that word might only be for you to apply in your life, and it might not be for the house. But you have to allow God to work through the leadership of his house. But let me just get back to King Saul. So Saul takes the offering that should have, that should have been done by Samuel the prophet. The Bible tells us that he waits seven days, the appointed time for Samuel. I'm wondering whether sometimes we get so frustrated waiting on God and we think, God, like we need you to show up on this time and we take matters into our own hands. But look what happened to Saul at that point. Literally, when, when, that, when that kind of situation had finished, Samuel said that the Lord has rejected you, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I want to encourage you. That don't step out the line or the flow of the Spirit of God taking matters into your own hands. If you've got your concerns, if you've got things that you've been praying about and, and you feel that God hasn't showed up, gather the brethren around you, gather the elders, go and, go and pull in some other resources of teams around you that you can pray together and wait on God. Don't take matters into your own hands. Because what we see that Saul did, he moved in his own flesh. He was trying to offer up a sacrifice that only the prophet was meant to do. So the question is, how are you responding to, to, how are we responding to our leaders? How are we responding when God is, when we're in a situation and God, God is allowing that time span to really like go to the 11th hour. How are we, we responding? Listen, I've been there. I've been there when I'm taking matters into my own hands and I'm getting frustrated that it's not even working the way, the way I want it to work. Even though I'm taking matters and it's not until I get down on my knees and I say, God, I need your help. That help comes. Or I'm pulling in the brothers around me and I'm saying, guys, listen, I'm struggling in this area. I'm believing God for this. Or I just want to see God like change people's lives. But we cannot move outside of the spirit of God. So just going back. So that's, that's, that's an example of like bad timing and bad positioning. Okay. Bad timing, bad positioning. But moving back to Isaac, I said just that like, when we come down from those verses, Isaac didn't stay just in that fruitful place. He wasn't just sitting back and eating loads of grapes for himself. He wasn't saying, well, this land is just mine and I'm going to, yeah, just allow my family to bask in this wealth of God. He moved from there. The Bible tells me that he moves from Gerah to Beersheba. Now, 
I'm so thankful for Google Maps <laughs> and, and just the way Google works, because I did a little kind of, you know, the routes, like, so that you can see the distance of things. So in Google, like in today, it says that Gira to Bathsheba is about 26 miles. And I know you guys say kilometers, yeah? So it's, it's 27.2 kilometers from Gira to Bathsheba. So thank God for Google Maps. So in a car, in a car that might take 30 to 45 minutes to drive. But on foot in their day, that would take about five hours. Okay? So he's traveling with, with the wealth that God has given him, with the wealth that God has blessed him, with all of his family. He's traveling, and you can imagine the terrain, like it's maybe going like across these mountains, like the terrain would have been like hostile in those days. But he's traveling around over five hours to get to a place called Bathsheba. The significance of this place is that Bathsheba is known as a place of oaths and covenants. This, is, was, a, this was a place where Abraham and King Abimelech swore and made a covenant together. And listen to what this place, like the meaning is. It's a well of oath. A well, and like there's different terms in the Hebrew, a well of seven. But it's also referring to the seven lambs that were sacrificed in the agreement between Abraham and Abimelech. Isaac follows the same path that his father followed. And I liken that to us. When we follow in the same line and our timing and our positioning is following what the Father says, what Jesus says. When we make an oath or when we make a covenant to God, God will allow that thing to come to pass because we're allowing ourselves to be in the right place at the right time. Amen? So when we look at, I'm going to just read through Genesis 26 and 23. And it says, from there he went up to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not. I am with you and I will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So because of, and we know Abraham's story, he believed God. And the same legacy, the same inheritance Abraham, Isaac was walking in. And he believed that the, the, the verse, verse 1 in chapter 20, 26 is that Isaac was obedient to God. He, he was obedient to the voice of God. And verse, 20, verse 25 says, So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tents there. And there Abraham's servants dug a well. So in, in, in me looking at this scripture, and I kind of just summarized this in three points, is that an altar is built to sacrifice to God. They prayed and they dug a well. That was my kind of summary of what those three verses said. So Isaac moved to Bathsheba, a place that was 
surrounded by a covenant and oaths that was made from his father. Abraham, um, sorry, Isaac recognizes, I suppose, that this is another fruitful place that he's entered into. But he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just walk into this place and say, well, I'm the man now. He doesn't look at himself. He, he bows down. He builds an altar. He gets his people around him and they sacrifice to God. They rec he recognizes that it's not by his own strength, but it's by the strength and the spirit of God that he's, that he's able to be in that place. He builds an altar towards God. So in order for us to keep the flow of the Spirit of God. What are we sacrificing these days? What are we sacrificing? We can't build altars like they did in the old days and get a calf and spill the blood. Well, we could, but that's not how we, like, you know, how we do things now. But we could do that. But, but what are we representing? How, how are we representing God now, Paul tells us this. He's speaking to the Roman church. So in Romans 12, verse 1, it reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. So literally, in, in our context, we're not shedding the blood of animals anymore. Literally, God wants our bodies to be living sacrifices. So what we put in our body, what, how, how we live our lives daily, are we spending time in God's word so that his word can transform our heart? Or do we just get up, go about our business, and then recognize God at the end of the day? These guys, when they, when they recognized that God was leading them, they sacrificed. And that was a big thing. They sacrificed their lambs or, or they sacrificed their bulls on those altars and blood was shed. But we recognize that Jesus shed the blood for us. He did the literal sacrifice. So everything that we do now is symbolic. But Paul's saying to the Roman church here, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Our temple, this is our temple. And God wants our temple to be holy unto him. Holy. And, and some version says that it's our reasonable service, like our reasonable service. So that's just the bare minimum. Like, I'm saying, God help me. That is literally our bare minimum, just offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. But verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So when, we, when we're kind of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, and we're actually taking it day by day and walking this this belief out. There's going to be times that you're going to be tested. There's going to be times that you're going to be hurt. There's going to be times that you're going to be, like we, we, call, we call this thing, it's like 
We're, we're in church, but we're like sandpaper. You're going to be rubbed up the wrong way. But how you react to that is going to be based on how you're sacrificing to God. How you're going to be like transformed. But we, we're transformed. The Bible tells us by the renewal of our mind and our hearts. And how we're literally, how our sacrifices, we're saying, God, we're yielding to your spirit. We're yielding to the flow and the, and the spirit of God so that you can have your way and for us to be transformed. But it's all about allowing the spirit and our timing and our positioning. How we posture ourselves before God. Ah, oh, help me, Lord. So just in closing, you know, I've only, re- like, maybe last three or four years um, kind of understood what 412 and partnership in is about. And literally, it's only when you come and taste and see that you really understand what God is doing in the nations. So... Like my lead pastor, Pastor Peter, would come back, guys, like we need to be part of this. We need to, like you need to come and see this. And it's nearly taken me six, 16 years to like literally get, get a glimpse of what God is doing. So we, so we went to Isle of Man this year. And, and I'm not saying like, so Andrew's been out in London, he's taught. And I've really like thinking, wow, like this guy is like really... Like, God is really moving with him and, like, the spirit and just the whole movement of Josh Jen. And, like, it's only when you come, it's only, like, me stepping into South Africa and just seeing the love of brothers and sisters that I can now taste and see how God is moving. Like, I don't, you, like from my eyes, God is doing an amazing thing with, like, just with your plant being here. But you're here for a reason. You're here in power for a reason. So you've been planted out from Wellington. But what what does this community need? They need people that are filled with the Spirit of God. I've got got to go and preach later on. um, And it's about first impressions. I shouldn't really be telling you this. But but I, I, I want to share because you're here for a reason. And first impressions in this community counts as a big thing. How do people perceive you? How, how are they engaging with you in this community? Can they first see the love of God and Christ within us? And I'm talking about myself first, you know. Can they see Christ within me? But there's a template in the book of Acts 2 verse 42 to 47. And just, I'm just going to give you the summary of it. But it says that the early assembly, the early believers, they were devoted. They were devoted to the assembly. They recognized that the apostles' teachings were the teachings of God. And they were devoted to the house. So if you're here today, it's not a coincidence. You need to be devoted to this house. You have to understand and recognize that your timing and your positioning is so important. 
You have to understand that your timing and positioning in prayer. I know some life happens and there will be some weeks that you can't kind of get to a prayer or I think you call it communities. We call it like we have life groups. But there's going to be times where life happens and you can't get to it. But be accountable. Be accountable to the leadership. But, and understand that the value of you not showing up means that somebody else might not have got a word from you. Or they might not have been encouraged by you. And most of all, they were in fellowship. They were in community. They were in each other's life. That's what we find as a template in the New Testament church, they were in each other's lives. So when we look outside in the communities, the world want this. They, they want what you have, but they just don't know it yet. But it's how we step into their lives and how, we, how we're sacrificing to God and how, we're, how our lives are being portrayed and how we're living out this gospel. How we're kind of pulling people. And it might be people that are totally different to you. But God wants to save all nations. All nations. All colors. All creeds. Ah, That's the template. So over this week, Ryan and I believe Russell, they, they spoke at the leaders' time and this is like a, like a combination of their quote, like the, the words that they spoke. They said that the power of position and the results of discipleship and loving each other as, as how we would love our own children or our brothers. So, so how we love, so how, so I'm so bad with names, help me spirit. Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> Without the D. <laughs> That's so complicated for me. I just want to say Rud Rudolph. <laughs> but, but how he is with his son. That's how God wants us to interact with people that are outside, that don't have community, that are lost in this world. God wants us to really have that, like, because the power of position is only, it only comes from God. There's nothing about us that make there's nothing about me that makes me great. I'm just a vessel for God. And I'm willing to say, God, I'm, I just want to humble myself. I humble myself to the leadership of this house and say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. But God wants to do the same for every single one of you in here. But our heart posture has to be correct before Him. The power of position. The power of our timing and our positioning. Like, are we going to just stay at the foot of the cross and say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. Allow me to work in this community. Allow me to reach those that are lost. Because that's what God wants in this community, I believe. You've got the sunshine. I'm not going to say that God resides here because he's <laughs> like, but I love it, the sunshine. <laughs> like, it's just, wow. It's just, I'm thinking, it's good for my bones. When I'm in England and London, like there's times when it's just cold and my knees are aching. I think I need to visit here a bit more often, but it's like, no, but just, I just hope that this encourages you, you know, that literally you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. And that young man that gave his heart, <laughs> I'm going to say young man, um, literally 
the timing, like, I, I was running as well. I, I, like, in my church, there was a time that I, like, we've got, like, a downstairs, um, like, the downstairs bit, and we've got the upstairs, like, seats. I used to sit upstairs, and I used to hide, like, there was, um, like, the men, like, the men, like, the leader of the men, I should say, he used to come to me saying, Jason, we're going camping, we're going this. As soon as church finished, boom, I was out the door. But literally, God has transformed my life. Literally, I want to be, I'm, I'm in his house, and I just, all I want to do is just serve his people. I, I was saying to, like, even in, like, my context in church, I said, I don't care if I just clean the toilets. I don't care if, if I just come and put out the chairs. I, I, I don't want a title. I just want to serve God's people. You know, and I just hope that encourages you today. I, I feel quite emotional just being in your house and being allowed to come and speak. Like, it's a big thing for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, like, if there is anybody here. I don't know if you all come to this place, but if, if there is anybody here that you don't know Jesus, or like you want to re reconnect and say, God, like I need to be at the right place at the right time. You can only do that by the pulling of the Spirit of God. And like, why don't, why don't you just stand with me right now and let's just pray and just ask God just to help us. I'm just going to pray. But if it is your first time, like while everybody's eyes are closed, like, I don't want this opportunity to pass where you can give your life to Jesus today. So if there is anybody here, just put up your hand and the leadership of the house will like we'll we will pray pray with you. Ah. Yeah, there's one lady here. Um would you like to come out? Would you like to come out? Yeah, and the, the leadership of the house will they, they will pray, the ladies will pray with you. Come, come stand next to her. What's your name, sis? Toinette. Toinette. Like Antoinette, but Toinette. No, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Toinette. Wow. Lovely, lovely, lovely. But look how God works. Look how God works. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, let's just, let's just close our eyes and pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the time of worship. Thank you for the words that have been spoken. Thank you for the lives that you're calling into your house, Lord Jesus Christ. For we know that the time is running out, Lord God, and that you're setting up and calling your bride to be ready, Lord Jesus Christ. And Father God, as I've just shared the word that you've given me, Lord God, I pray that it stirred something and fanned the flame of your, your people, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that there will be an urgency in our hearts, Lord God, that we will come and that we would want to make our timing and our positioning through your spirit and through the leading of your spirit, that we are in the right flow according to your leadership of this house, Lord God. Father God, if there be any hearts here, that want to kind of reconnect, recommit, Lord God. I pray that they would touch, that they would just reach up to you, Lord God, and just call on your name right now. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you do so many miracles, Lord God, and I know that you're in this place. I pray that this will be a day of transformation in their lives, Father. Father, come and have your way. 
Hallelujah. Bless your people. Father God, bless the leadership of this house, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that as they take this community, as they take this fellowship forward, I pray that they will be a beacon, a light set up on a hill, Lord God, where your spirit is flowing, Lord God, where love abounds, Lord Jesus Christ. And when people see them, God, that they will see the light of your glory within them. God, will you bless them? Will you allow them to be fruitful in this land, Lord? Increase them. Let them abound. Let them lack for nothing, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ah, oh, God, we just pray. Lord God, for this lady, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We pray for her life. You know her background. You know where she's coming from, Lord Jesus. Father, you know what she has need of. And Father, she's been receptive and responding to your word, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Lord God, there's nothing within me, but it's all in you. And I pray, Heavenly Father, right now that you meet her where she is. You touch her life, Lord Jesus Christ, and you allow her just to see you as you are. You love her unconditionally. You know what she's done in her past, but right now, Lord God, you want to wipe all of that away. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father God, I praise you right now. I pray, Lord God, that as this team, as a community come around her, Lord God, that she will just be able to be drawn closer to you, be led to you, Lord God, and revealed your glory to glory, Lord Jesus Christ. Bless her, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.